it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, 
Explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. I'm your co-host, Peter V.S. Bond. I'm also the Vice President of Retail Strategy for Power Reviews, a ratings and review software company. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host. He is a CPG e-commerce practitioner extraordinaire and a true entrepreneur. He's very busy launching his new natural supplements business, Zen Fuel. Very excited about that. But he has made time to join us today to help me with the interview of our guest. He's the Mary-Kate to my Ashley, the Jake to my Elwood, the gravy to my mashed potatoes. Please join me in welcoming Shri. Shri, how are you, my friend? Fantastic, Peter. This partnership is awesome as always, but I'm still waiting for the day we can say Shepherd to my Jones. That's a New York Giants little joke we have going on over here, Tara. And uh, But it isn't meant to be this season, Peter, because Shepard is out and so is Barkley on the injured reserve for the rest of the season. I'm still clinging to baseball I'm season, Shri. It's still about baseball. Dodgers, Dodgers. When am I going to hear the call to my Luke White in that case? We'll worry about that later. Anyhow, I want to remind everybody before we get to our guests that to get any of our content, you can download our audio podcast on 15 plus platforms. You can get our YouTube channel. If you are interested in the companion content for the profitability series we've been running, if you're interested in a wonderful e-commerce terminology glossary that was produced by our good friend Adam Rose. All of this is uh, available by just going to cpgguys.com. And if you're walking around the house and you want to be entertained, you want to be educated at the same time, just ask Alexa to play the CPG Guys podcast. And of course, we'll always appreciate if you give us a rating and review on the Apple podcast platform. Just go to tinyurl.com slash Apple CPG podcast. Wow, that's a lot of content I just threw out there. So anyhow, thank you everybody for indulging me. So we've got a great guest today, Shri, and it's a little bit different than what we normally do, but she was introduced to me by uh, our guest from episode 30, I believe, Gia Serier from 2020 Boutique. Our guest today is a personal apparel shopper. She is a blogger. She's an affiliate marketer, and she is a social media influencer. Shri, she's got like 30,000 followers on Instagram. I'm jealous. That's like us times a thousand. Um, You guys are growing. (laughs) Well, I'm jealous for Zentrio. We're doing it. We launched Tuesday and we're only at 6K. There you go. And the magic unlock is 10. We know that. Peter, Peter, the magic unlock is 10. You forgot to add a Lakers fan. Uh Oh, Oh, Lakers. Uh Okay. Lakers are, Lakers are okay, but I'm, I'm a, it's my, my sports love is so messed up. I'm a Sixers basketball fan, a Giants football fan, a Rangers hockey fan, a Dodgers baseball. I don't make any sense, but in any event. Um, so our guest here is uh, here to share with, uh, with you all, our audience, about the world of social influence and even how to shop and dress in a professional world that's governed more and more today by Zoom in this wonderful pandemic. So please join Shri and me in welcoming Tara West. Tara, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be here with you guys. I know I'm kind of a fluff piece, but I appreciate it so much. 
But listen, it is what it is. Uh, it's all about social media right now. You, you don't have to sell fluff piece. You are fluff piece. This is. We aren't letting you off that easy. Yeah. <laughs> Tara, before we get into the questions, why don't you give us a little bit of background on who you are and what you do in your business? Sure. Well, I'm Tara West, and funny enough, is I actually was a marriage and family therapist for a very long time. But fashion was always my passion. And there's actually a lot of psychology in what I do, to be honest with you. Um, So I started my business. I launched about two shopping events. This was probably about eight years ago. I said, you know what? I got to start this business. It's always been in me. I had my last child, my third child. I invited all these people to stores. I didn't know if they were going to come, but they came. And then it was a word of mouth business because at that time, social media was not a big deal or as big deal as it is now. And um, people started hiring me to go through their closets and go shopping for them. And then I have a mentor. And she said about five years ago, you, you need to start doing social media. And I said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> because I dress people. I'm behind the scenes. So I started you know, doing Instagram. And stores were giving me clothes to wear. And then I started a blog. And I won Best Fashion Blog of Boston several years in a row. And then here we are in this pandemic where social media is everything. And so I'm very happy that I took that turn and added that to my business. And Tara, we'll get you, uh, give you a chance to reiterate this at the end of the show. But before, while people are probably very interested in this right now, uh, tell them what your handle is on, on Instagram so they can go find you. Sure. It's at Tara West Fashion at Tara West Fashion. We'll make sure to put that on the on the video overlay as well. There he goes. There he goes. And uh, I love your videos. They're, they're, they're kind of fun. They're kind of cheeky, uh, but they're also uh, very fashionable. So congrats on building a really great brand associated for yourself. So uh, let's get into the questions today. So uh, I'd, I'd really like to understand first and foremost about your personal shopping and stylist business, how do you market your service uh, such that someone would say, okay, I think I like what I'm seeing. Tara's the right person. Let me hire her to, to help me in this journey. So that's a really good question because honestly, I am kind of a, you know, um, people find me word of mouth most of the time. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily think you need a stylist until you kind of work with one or you hear, oh, she helps me do this. Or you go somewhere and somebody says, you know, you look amazing. And they're like, oh, Tara West, put this together for me. So that's really, I think, how it, would, it starts initially. Um, I think nowadays people are more aware of a, styli- a stylist. Obviously, you know, celebrities have stylists. But for the everyday person, not necessarily do they think I need a stylist. What will that add value to my, does it add value to my life? But it actually really does because you end up spending less time and money on clothing when you hire somebody to be your stylist. And the marketing part, well, obviously now it's different, right? Because people actually see me. I am a walking advertisement. (laughs) I care what I wear to the gym, but it's also innate in me to be conscious of what I put together. And so nowadays it's very different than what it was in terms of marketing. 
I mean, there's so many different ways that I have marketed myself when I started my business. I would auction my services at large events, um, which is a great opportunity to put yourself out there. It's, you know, a great way to build your brand, to get your name out. And the more people hear about it and see you, they then ask you to donate your services. It's not something I recommend to do all the time, but it's a good thing to do. And I think that, you know, just being in Boston, I have built a reputation. So, Tara, I've actually been waiting for this episode for quite a while because one of my personal passion areas and having come from brands like Revlon and Elizabeth Arden and Neutrogena, quite familiar with the beauty and luxury segment. And, um, you know, I've always felt that for far too long, brands anchored their growth directly to the in-store model because there was a lot of trial. She can go feel the experience in store, look in a mirror, talk to someone who can actually guide her through the process. And fashion and luxury has been a lot about the experience element. All of a sudden, on March 25th or so, the experience element completely disappeared and slowly re-emerging, probably never to the extent that it once, once was back if you go back to March and February of this year. And then I think of your role, which is to play that role of being that expert who kind of coaches, advises, and kind of talks through, hey, based on your personality, your profile, your likes, your wants, here's what it is. But we're still in an ecosystem where at the end of the day, the shopping cannot be done in store. So I'd love to get your perspective on, in the last six, seven months, we're talking pandemic 2020. What have you personally seen with fashion and luxury? Is it impacting your business in a very healthy way? Are you seeing challenges? Because at the end of the show, uh, completing the transaction of buying, I'll make this up, a Gucci handbag online, will never be the same as going to a store. I 100% agree with you. I just want to say something that you said at the beginning, uh, that it was an experience to go into a store. So actually, when I started as a stylist, it was very hard to convince the stores to actually let me bring the clothing to my yeah, client. yeah. So I'm glad that you said that because it is about an experience. But when I when you start to see the value of actually, oh, Tara can take that to the person and it will sell because if I can put a jacket together and make, you know, seven outfits, they're going to buy it. Okay, so that's that point I just wanted to make. But yes, things have changed a lot. Well, also, let's think about it. People were shopping a lot online before the pandemic correct? So retail was kind of taking a hit there in terms of people not necessarily going to the stores. But then some stores also started to um, charge for a restocking fee. So if you were ordering online, you know, I would go to clients, they'd have like, you know, two handfuls of clothing that I would go return just because they didn't want to keep getting a restocking fee. So that's where we were, where the pandemic hit. So yes, it has affected my business, my styling business, because people for, you know, through all this, they, I haven't gone through closets. They don't care about what they're wearing as much. They don't want to shop right now. It's changing right now, but I would say, let's talk, let's act like it was last month because this month has actually changed. And I'll tell you guys about that. But so yes, it's changed. It's been really good for my social media but not good for my styling because people don't really want 
to buy anything and they didn't want to, there's no incentive to go anywhere. And yeah, Tara, so I got to imagine with the whole live event ecosystem, and I don't mean the Grammys and the yes. Oscars. I mean, just everyday people like me in the live events, we go to, could be to a Broadway show here in Manhattan or could be just for a dining event of some sort with friends. You know, you think about what you want to wear and you spend time and purpose. I can't imagine that that ecosystem even exists today. Is that true? It's true. It's very true. In fact, my dry cleaner and I had an incredible relationship because I would always tell my clients to go get their stuff tailored. And, you know, when I went there last week, I, it was very sad. They're only open two days a week. People are not even dry cleaning their clothing. And I think that says a lot. It says a lot about what's going on right now. But that in itself, yes, you're right. People are not going to events. They're not going to dinner with their friends. You know, I've done a lot of stuff with stores, a lot. That, during the pandemic hit, I said, what can I do right now? Because I wanted to save my business. So what I did is I went to all the local designers, local stores. I had them drop their clothing off. I shot it on Instagram. I made blogs for them. Because I don't want them to, to go away. I need them too. We're, we're a working relationship. Um, but people were I not. Hear, I hear I, ecosystem. I hear yeah. that. And that is very important. We think about the supply chain and every component of from the influence to the product uh, to the delivery, critically important. So, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Critically important. And even so, I still check in with them. How's it going? And this month it's picked up. It's starting to pick up a little bit. So you, you alluded to this uh, a little bit earlier, but can you talk to us specific, a little bit more specifically about the mix of your services and, and, and the, the biggest impact pro, pro, uh, positive versus negative on, your, on the services you offer your, uh, your clients? So a typical client, like a typical styling client, so usually people hire me to go through their closets. So you would say, Tara, can you come in? I have so much. I don't know what to do. And then I weed it out and we then decide what let's you decide what you need. Do you need fall boots? Do you need coats? Fall's typically the biggest uh, seller. People need everything, boots, jackets, gloves, hats. Um, and they don't just buy one. They buy many. So that's usually what I do. And I make a list of what they need. Either I go shopping with them or they come shopping with me. And when I started my business, a lot of what I was doing was bringing to you, the customer. But what I found is it was overwhelming because I work with so many stores that not over, only would it overwhelm me to bring so much, it was overwhelming for the client to get so much at their home. So then we just I started to have them come shopping with me, which now we're not doing. So now what I'm doing is I'm taking pictures of stuff that I see online and I'm sending it to them, which is kind of, I had that virtual styling part of my business for people in Connecticut, LA, New York, who I work with. So I kind of was already doing that, but that's what's going on right now. So Tara, so it's interesting to hear, you know, people actually welcoming you to their closet and y'all were doing this together, your client and you. Obviously, during the pandemic, people are going to be very hesitant to do that. How are you accomplishing that remotely? And then secondly, uh, when it comes back to your who your client base is, I'd love for you to share with us 
who's the who's the typical person? Is it a person who goes to office five days a week? Is it a consultant? Do they work in the fashion retail apparel industry themselves? Is it from somebody? Is it a corporate athlete? Like who that person is? And then if I think back to based on the current needs for shopping, fashion, and apparel, most people are on Zoom videos or on you know Microsoft Teams videos or something of that sort all day long and aren't really engaging in what their fashion apparel is. But hey, I have a jacket on today because we're doing this interview. And I got to imagine there is a small portion of us that still is looking at what they want to wear to each of these public conversations. So I'd love for you to also share what's going on in these times in terms of that online digital shopping component and what categories are blossoming. For example, is it jackets? Is it t-shirts? I, I think we can conclusively say pants are not going to blossom <laughs> at, at this stage or shoes for that matter. But I'd just love to pick your brain. Yes. So, well, going back to Peter and some of what you just asked me is who are my clients, right? And so uh, that also lends to what are my other services? So my clients typically are women and men who work full time, have a family, and the last thing they want to do is go shopping. So what they do is they hire me to go through their closets or, you know, and then either go shopping with them. And a lot of times what I do is when I know my clients, I just drop stuff off for them. They, I don't even see them. I just shop and drop and then pick up. Um, but also there's people who are, you know, red carpet events that I just maybe work with them one time and I get them an outfit for the event. And I also pack a lot of people to travel. And as you can imagine, that's not happening right now. So that took a big hit of my business too. Um, a lot of it's travel, but also there's people who hire me to get their kids first interview suit after college. I love that. <laughs> That's the best because they don't have any idea what to wear to an interview. If you can believe it, it's true. And that I always say is, I wish I had that. Somebody gave me that gift. I have no idea what I wore. I probably looked okay, but who knows? <laughs> One of the things that interests us particularly is in a in the business that Shri and I do is the fact that we were so used to doing live meetings and now we're completely dominated by this yep. environment, Zoom. So can you talk to us about how you consult your clients on upping their Zoom game, particularly as it relates to what they're wearing? Because we're now living in a world where everything is kind of like from the chest up. Uh, and it would be great to hear what kind of advice and how you structure your recommendations for people that are doing what we do all day long. Right. Well, um, I think that you really need to not be too casual. I think at the beginning of all this, people were way too casual. And you have to be mindful. Like Shri is wearing a blazer because he knew he had an interview, which makes sense. He's not wearing a raggedy old t-shirt. He is prepared. And I think that when the whole pandemic, well, you have a blazer and a t-shirt. That's actually very hip. But, um, you know, when I think this all started, I think people were really casual. I mean, my husband, Dana West Fashion said, I'm hip, Peter. I want you to record that. And I want to make sure it shows up at the bottom of the video. So my husband didn't shave. I don't know if you guys, he had like a full face. Yep. And I said, you know, like, it was worse than that. It was probably like three months. And, you know, he, he's the CEO of his company. It's just you got to shave. 
So I think what's important is to wear colors that are complementary to you. You don't want to wash yourself out. You also don't want to be too risque. But, you know, for women, it's really nice if you do wear jewelry, if you wear some makeup and, you know, be presentable, but also be who you are, obviously, and be mindful of your setting in what, where you are. Don't be in bed. <laughs> Not that I think, but some people feel that comfortable when they're working from home. I've seen it. I'm sure you have seen some interesting backgrounds, right? So, um, yes, but we are very focused on the top, not the bottom. But I actually just did a blog on what to wear on the bottom. Because if you're sitting all day, shouldn't you be comfortable? And also, if you're a parent and you're on Zoom all day and then you have to go run to go, you know, my kids are in sports right now, thankfully. They play sports. But I, you know, you got to show up appropriate there too. You don't want to be in a nice shirt and sweatpants. So be mindful. Be mindful of what you're wearing. But, you know, look good. So, so Tara, as we continue this journey of who's wearing what during these times and how video-based conversation from a corporate perspective is completely changed. I got to imagine that even within your shopper base, do you see any cohorts in terms of the most senior they are in their corporate career, et cetera, the more formal it gets and the more introductory you talked about for an interview, sometimes you have to help them buy a suit for their children, et cetera. Do you see different styles across the spectrum or is it because of the way everything has become video these days and backgrounds tend to be blurred and things of that nature? Has it all become homogeneous? Like it's, it's really one style. No, it's never one style because nobody has one personality. I think that, you know, when I work with my clients, I always, I don't try to change who they are. I just try to elevate their style. And I think that that's true about fashion and anybody like you and Peter are not wearing the same thing because that's not your personality. So I think that you know, it will always be to who you are. It's just present yourself in the best possible way. If that makes sense, what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, I think that everybody's always going to dress a little different. And it's not going to, even because we're just on Zoom, doesn't mean we're all going to kind of be the same. But there, it is true that there was a trend that was athleisure wear during this whole thing and tie-dye. These are like trends that were happening and they made sense. But I think we're coming out of that right now. Yeah, I, I've noticed that uh, as we started to move into a phase of these Zoom meetings, particularly when I was on an all-company meeting, we moved to this point in the middle of the pandemic where people weren't even showing their video screen. They'd just given up because, to your point, they'd grown their beards out. They weren't doing any makeup. And I've seen, I've started to see that trend back towards what you've you've indicated that people are actually starting to be mindful of how they present themselves because this for the foreseeable future is the way that we're we're conducting business and we have to get used to that right and just you know like i was telling you i think within this last month things have changed i have been in stores i myself have been in stores i i missed shopping i would have clients say i miss shopping with you and the smell of clothing, like new leather. So, but, you know, I would say the store frame just opened in Boston and it did very well. And that is very exciting because a lot of stores are struggling to even get people to come in and if they come in to actually purchase. But I, this, it's 
changing. And I think also, don't you want to start changing and dressing and feeling more presentable and more like yourself? And, you know, even if you can't go out, it just makes your, it's a different mindset. It's a psychologically, you feel better. So Tara, I'm tempted to ask, therefore, just piggybacking to the theme we've been discussing, which is Zoom meetings, etc., because you are a fashion blogger and influencer and you run YouTube videos to drive inspiration. In your opinion, for a Zoom meeting, what is the proper etiquette from an attire standpoint? And I don't want to just leave it at attire, like grooming is equally important. Like, what is the proper etiquette to show up to a Zoom meeting? Well, I think that, first of all, you should always have like this part of your chin to your neck exposed. Like you shouldn't be wearing a turtleneck. Um, I think that's very claustrophobic and it also gives no depth to your, <laughs> to your face or your, you need to see body, like a, a break. Um, I also think you, ha- you really need to pay attention to color. You have to pay attention to color because if you look washed out and in like a, I'm not wearing light pink, I probably would be almost as white as the wall behind me. So you need to pay attention to that. I think it's also your business. Like, what do you need to show up for your business? For my business, I need to little, look kind of chic. So I'm going to wear something kind of chic and a good color. I'm wearing a darker green. Um, a lot, I don't know if people are interested, but a lot of what you wear on Zoom, it's the same that you should do on television which is don't wear a lot of stripes. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> you look great. But uh, We had it going. She called me hip and you did this, bro. Um, you know, there's a lot of rules, but really it, it's based on your business. Do you need to show up in a tie? I mean, I don't know. Are people still wearing ties? I'm asking you guys this. Uh, I love wearing a bow tie to a good meeting. All right. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. So I can't. I want a picture of that. I, I like episode it. 13. Peter has a bow tie on. I'll just leave it at that. No, but I mean, I also think it's the, I mean, I really do think it's related to what you do. True. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, I like that you're wearing a t-shirt and a blazer. That's very on trend. It's very relaxed. I mean, that's probably kind of your business style casual. Um, and for women, I just think you always need to be appropriate. And like I said, makeup, jewelry, um, and color really matters. It just matters on a Zoom call. We've talked a little bit about your styling part of the business. Let's go to the social media influencing side, because that's also very much of interest to Shri and me. Can you help us understand how you monetize your business uh, when you are doing social media and what are the components of that? Because it's very fascinating to us. Yes. So social media is a full-time job. It's a lot of work. And typically, a lot of people ask me, stores, designers, how I got 30,000 followers. And it took a very long time. So I think that I was naive when I started um, because I thought, oh, I'm going to post this awesome outfit and it's just going to happen. And it just doesn't just happen. As you guys know, I don't know how long you've been on Instagram. But um, so it takes a lot of time, first of all. And so to make money, to monetize it takes a certain amount of followers and you really need to know your brand. So um, for me, I do it in several different ways. 
It can be through my blog, tarawestfashion.com. It could be through my post on my Instagram feed. It could be through my Insta story. It can be through my Instagram reels, which you guys have seen the videos. Um, And Instagram is always coming out with new things in order to, you know, Instagram TV, Instagram reels. These are all things that you really need to pay attention to because whatever's new is going to be pushed up and you're going to be seen the most. And that's how I market myself and um, I monetize it with brands. I also am part of Like to Know It Reward Style. Do you guys know what that is? I don't, but I'd sure love to have you tell our audience exactly what that is. I do. Do you know? Because you're hip. I'm not. I wear stripes. You already called me hip. Clearly, we've established we've got a problem on one side of the CPG guys. We've got a CPG guy problem. All right. So Reward Style is an app that influencers and brands um, can be a part of. And basically... Any time that I like post this shirt, I did take a picture of my outfit today. So if I put it on there, I can find it on Reward Style and um, tag it. And then anybody who likes my stuff can go to the Reward Style app and can buy it. And then I make a commission off of it. Right. Yes. And I want to be honest and declare the only reason I knew that was because my daughter is a musician. And is an influencer herself on Instagram, Ria Raj, and that's the, and at some point we were looking at the app on how the journey begins. So I don't want to claim to be the expert by any means, but I want to I want to uh, get another question in there before I get to an easy one for you. Before I get to another segment on the show, which is uh, interviewing for a job, a new role. You know, a lot of people are out of work. A lot of people are looking to change careers. There's a lot going on in the industry now in terms of uh, job changes. And I'd love to get your perspective on what is the etiquette for an online interview versus being in person. Because classically, being in person, you got your blazer on, depending on what kind of job that you've already described earlier, you got a tie on. Peter talked about a bow tie. You're very conscious even of making sure your socks match in the color and the patterns and the shoe you wear. So so your, your whole body shows an appearance. What's going on online? What's the proper etiquette? Because, you know, you're seeing just my torso and up and not much more of me, but there is room for a tie because you can see my collar. Like what, in your humble opinion, what's the proper etiquette for an interview? Dress exactly like you would if it was in person. I am today wearing exactly from boots to pants to top what I would be wearing if I saw you guys in person. You know why? Because psychologically... It sets you in the same mindset that you would be if we were sitting in a room together. Because if you're going to show up in an interview with a tie, a blazer, if that's the type of business, and a pair of sweatpants, I guarantee you're not in the same mindset. It's just not the same. I mean, you should have from socks to shoes to belt, just dress the part. Do it. So I want to make sure that message resonated pretty well because there's so many people Peter and I know publicly who are declaring they're looking for new opportunities or want to change their careers. Folks, you heard it from the fashion apparel influencer herself, Tara West Fashions. When you're interviewing these days, show up like you normally would in any in-person interview because psychologically it gives you a boost. And now let me... let Fair, Tara? No, fair, yes. And so I'm going to jump to a different segment now, which is I want to come back to the um, pandemic. Mm-hmm. 
and we touch the surface level of, you know, people are more concerned about the upper wear versus the lower wear these days, if there's such a word, maybe we invented one year right now. So how, personally for you in your business, how have you pivoted to focusing on the fashions that matter versus the fashions that once mattered at some point in time? And based on that, have you been able to adapt, learn and amplify your messages on fashions that matter now? Yes. So good question. So like I said, when the pandemic hit and I said to myself, how am I going to sustain my business and keep it going and also keep my name out there? It was to help other brands and local stores and local designers. And so a lot of that was through athleisure wear because everybody was wearing sweatpants or like cute sweatsuits and tie-dye. And, and so that was, a tr- that was a trend for a while. And so I was pushing that because that's what everybody was wearing, including myself. So it was realistic to what was going on. And now I'm pivoting a little more back to because I want to, to dress like I was before. And I think that people are ready for it. I think they're ready to start buying a nicer top or, you know, um, maybe a nicer pair of earrings because let's face it, people weren't buying jewelry. What's the point in buying jewelry? But actually jewelry looks really good on Zoom. So these are things that I think I'm feeling this way. And so other people are definitely feeling this way. And it just makes you feel like (laughs) things are a little bit back to normal when you're dressed that way. Tyra, question for you about social media. You mentioned that you didn't just get your 30,000 followers overnight, that it took a lot of work. So we'd like, can you double click down for us and tell us a little bit more about how you got there? What were the things that work? What were some of the things that didn't? Is it through organic growth? Was it at all through a paid acquisition? What were your techniques? Because Sri and I are working on our MySpace page, and we think it could be the next big social media platform. We're not quite sure, but anyhow, uh, <laughs> please let us know how you grew your business. Okay. It was a, it's a lot of work, like I said before, and so you can't be a naive. It's a full-time job. So when I started, I typically have interns that work for me from because there's a lot of schools here in Boston. And so I literally had interns on my social media all day long, liking, commenting, liking, because when it started, that's all you needed to do. And I didn't have the time nor the brain space to do that. But you know, these kids, that's all they, they do it in their sleep. And I, you have to pay attention to a lot of what's going on on Instagram. So I followed a lot of people. Everywhere I go, I told people to follow me everywhere from the dry cleaner to the whatever. Um, You should follow me. My kids would say, just don't ask that person to follow you. But I did airplanes, whatever. And yes, I, I have been part of groups that say, let's follow each other and then like each other's stuff and kind of gets the momentum going with the algorithm. Um, So I have not paid for followers. Um, I'm not going to lie that at some point in my business early on, I was super tempted to because you see, you put so much time and effort and you see all these other people getting these followers, but it's not authentic. And the thing is you need it to be authentic because it, you can tell if it's not, but also I, I'm a brand. I want people to trust me and you want your followers to trust you because 
they want to you want them to buy your stuff you want them to you know engage with you and they're not going to do that if they can't trust you you know the name of our very first episode of this podcast was trust and authenticity so thank you for amplifying that that is tremendous but you know the good thing for newer people who are on Instagram is Instagram's kinder to newer uh, subscribers than they are to somebody like me who's been on it for a very long time. But don't give up. <laughs> Do the work. It's all worth it. But it also your content matters. It really does. I, I'm just trying to overtake my dog in terms of Instagram <laughs> followers. I, 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 I can always tell when my wife is walking her because, uh, She'll go up to, like you, go up to any any young person and just say, oh, she has an Instagram account. You can follow her. <laughs> but, you know, the thing, too, is like you said, you know, I make these videos. And, and truth be told is I'm a little old to be doing these silly videos, but they work. And they also get you out there more on uh, Instagram. So these are the things that you have to ask yourself. Like my kid said, you cannot be on TikTok. Fair enough. That's their space. I wasn't going on TikTok. Plus, my audience isn't TikTok. You need to know where your audience is. So, but I do, you know, I do do these videos, maybe a little reluctantly, but it really pays off in the end if you want your uh, numbers to go up. But it's hard. It's really hard. Have your kids lectured you yet on playing Kanye West or playing Travis Scott or anything of that sort? Because mine do every single day. If they hear it, they'll be like, that, that's not your turf. Go back to Led Zeppelin. I get well, that all the time. You know what's funny is when you make an Instagram reel, you use the music. I don't know if you have yes. seen it, but yep. you use the music. And sometimes yep. I can't hear that swear word for some reason. I don't hear it, but they're like, Mom, you can't put that on there. Uh huh. The other day, is so that a switch? Oh, up. yeah. So uh, our last, what a, what a fun topic today. We had so much yeah. fun just going back and forth and, valuable pieces of advice for our listeners in terms of yeah. what to prepare for, especially. And our last question today actually comes back to what you just said, which is you're making these videos. You, earlier, I noticed you have a blog post that you're consistent at. Your website connects to your Instagram feed. You can shop. There's a lot going on in terms of activity. That means you're anchored on technology. So are you the boss of technology? How do you bring all this together in technology? and do you therefore say there are some tools you had to learn and what's your general advice for those who are trying to bring everything together on a website or on a social media platform? Like, how do you do it? All right. I, well, I really like that you asked that question because I am a creative. And when you're a full-blown creative like me, sometimes the business part is very difficult, especially uh, social media or anything to that point. So I have been fortunate enough that there's been several women who have wanted to help me grow my business and they took on my website because they couldn't stand looking at it anymore. And, and actually somebody's working with me right now. She wants to change a career and she said, you know what, can I come in and kind of take on the business part a little bit? So thankfully I have these wonderful women who have stepped in, but I really have become well-versed in Instagram. Facebook, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I still have a lot of people who go on Facebook. So I utilize Facebook. The people who are not on Instagram happen to be on Facebook and they look at my stuff too. So I think that, you know, I, I use stuff like 
Canva, uh, Planoly to plan my Instagram feed. It's really important that you can see the layout because the layout matters. It's all these little things that I think that if you can find them, they will enhance everything you do from an Insta story post to, you know, a feed post to, you know, a real whatever. It's really important, but I can't take credit for it all because I do have people that help me. And I also get asked a lot to write, you know, little articles. And although I'm good on film, I'm not so much a great writer. And so I have people who help me do some writing or help me, you know, revise the blog. So I do have a lot of hands in the pot. Let me remind all of our audience that to get any of our content, our podcasts, our YouTube channel, Adam Rose's glossary of e-commerce terminology, our companion documents, and even a list of other podcasts we listen to, go to cpgguys.com and you can always ask Alexa to play the CPG Guys podcast. And please go to the Apple podcast store, go down and give us a rating and write a review. We really appreciate it. We like all the feedback we get. However you communicate to us, Shri and I do listen to it. Tara, this was absolutely fantastic. You provided advice to people who are in jobs. You provided advice to people who are looking for jobs. You provided advice to people who are trying to get into the social media business. I think this was an incredibly informative episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell people how they can find you. Well, thank you for having me. You can find me at tarawestfashion.com for my blog and um, at tarawestfashion on Instagram. And if you, any of you are still on Facebook, I'm there at tarawestfashion. Thank you. That is terrific. Thank you so much. Shri, uh, I don't know about you. I thought this was absolutely wonderful. This was just mind-blowing to me in so many different ways. I learned a tremendous amount today. Yeah, now we know we're hip, Peter. We we're actually part you're of your hip. You're 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 hip. Yeah, we said the CPG guy. We got a problem with the CPG, CPG guy. guy. Is hip. But I think we're gonna probably get we're gonna send out a, a CPG guy's ladies t shirt to Tara and maybe we can get her in a photograph of that. That would be maybe. Cool. I think thank so. you again. And Shri as always, thank you for joining us today. As always, Peter, thank you for the partnership. Adios, and we'll look forward to the next one. Everyone, thank you for joining us for this episode, and we look forward to you joining us for the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Have a great day. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of 
reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.